Listener Production. As much fun as using a fake name on your coffee order. Skinny chai tea. Oksana? That's me. Peppermint mocha with a double shot for a min leak. That's me. It's Matt and Alex all day breakfast. Well, Alex Dyson, it is a question that has been lighting up the internet over the last week or so. TikToker Lovey Lee, uh, whose real name is Alexandria, asking her many followers, um, which way do you shower? Face... Facing the water or away from the water? Yep. What, what do you reckon? 100% away from the water. Of course, 100% away from the water. That's the yeah. only way to face. Yeah, you're leaning back. It's like, oh, no. It's got to be know. running down your head and neck. Yes. You just stand there. Yep. Just stand there feeling it. I've never wanted a shower to end. I never, like, ever. you know, in those movies where, like, the person, like, is facing into the stream, like, got the hand on the wall, head down, like, the water's go- going all over their head. And they're That's like, terrible. And, like, that kind of way. I'm like, what are you doing? Get your head out of the stream. <laughs> what about you, Bron? No, I face the water. I don't oh! know, I'm, I'm sure we've spoken about this before, too. Actually, yeah, I'm starting to wonder if we've spoken about it as well. Well, it's just a it's a question for the to the end of time. You know? I, I'm always facing the water. Why is that? Yeah, that's it. That, feels the wrong. It feels backwards if I go the other way. Who taught you this, Bron? Who 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 made you like this? No, I think it's just innate within me. I wonder if it's a height thing as well, because maybe maybe you're mm. copying something in a different angle than well, I am. Also, I don't want to wet my hair every shower. That yeah. feels like it's more, oh, yeah, because your hair Long would be hair running people. down your back. Yeah. yeah, see, this is why we have these conversations, okay? To open up a <laughs> so world. So Matt can find out what it's like having hair. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> we got a big show today. I'm quite excited about. Yes, that's right. We are going to be joined by uh, now ex-ABC presenter Josh Zepps. Sounds like that's He's got everyone these days. Very big podcast. You might have heard him on Joe Rogan's show a couple of times. He's put out clips that are gone just absolutely bananas. We're bringing back what's the laziest thing you've ever done. It's a ripper. And uh, we're just going to have a good time with you, if that's all right. Shall we? Yeah, let's do it. Matt and Alex, all day breakfast. Let's go. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Matt and Alex, all day breakfast. Well, Matt, we've just had a brainwave here at All Day Breakfast. We sure have. I mean, it's come off the back of some pretty, uh, you know, fierce, yucky stuff you've been looking at on the internet. Well, just, you know, a um, female media personality putting up one of the uh, obnoxious comments that you received. And I just said, you asked, who said that? And I said... Just someone who needs to have their internet license revoked. And um, it hit us. You got to need a license for to bloody fish to drop a line in the ocean. You need a license to drive around in a car. Why not have an internet license? That's right. You're given one for free. Let's not say you have to pass a test to do it. Have it for free. But just know there are certain obstacles one must avoid if you would like to keep it. Well, there should surely be ways, okay, that if someone you've done, you've made these awful comments, you're being an absolute grub on the net, someone should be able to go, you need to sit in the corner for a while, (laughs) all right? I'm taking this off you just for a a few days Mm. while you gather your thoughts, you pick up your manners. Yep. And you think about what you actually want to use this incredible invention for. It is remarkable what the, you know, the scientists, the engineers, the mathematicians, the physicists were able to achieve. The potential 
for the internet is just the whole world at your fingertips. You think I could learn anything today. Mm. What am I going to do though? Yeah, let's, let's uh, abuse someone in the comment section online <laughs> and then double down <laughs> at my disgustingness. So how would it do it? They'd have to, they, you'd have to register. I mean, we've already registered our mobile SIM plan. So they could immediately go, mm. all right, it's so-and-so on their phone, cut it off. Yeah. Right? No internet for you. <laughs> then you've got your Wi-Fi and you've got your Wi-Fi at home. So they go, they're part of that household. No, no internet for that. The whole family would get so annoyed. Yeah. Imagine that. <laughs> Mum, dad walk in like, why, why is, is the internet not working? And then you have to, in order to get it back, you've got to explain what you said in the comments. <laughs> got to tell your yeah. family that that's what you've been up to. <laughs> that's right. And it'd be worse when the kids are asking you. Yeah. Well, because often it's older people as well. <laughs> it's grown adults with kids in their profile pics spurting out abuse to the, to these, you know, anyone that they, who will read it. Suddenly, you know, kid walks in. Hey, why can't I do my maths assignment? Oh, I'm dad sorry, had I didn't, a few rums last night and thought he was going to, you know. Didn't what, like what they said in the Antique Roadshow um, <laughs> <laughs> Facebook comments. Yeah, we got, got a few heroes on our hands. Bron, would you, would you still be in um, possession of your internet license? You haven't been using it recklessly? Uh, no, I don't, I don't comment on anyone's posts, not even friends and family. So... Mm. Not even positive things. <laughs> yeah. Better no, safe than I've, sorry. Yeah. I've noticed, Bron. Thank you. <laughs> Maybe they should be treated like sort of a car where, you know, in order to fire up the Wi-Fi, you do have to have the breathalyzer that's attached to the computer and you blow in. Got to get a double zero if you <laughs> can log you on to, to Facebook. <laughs> I, know, I know a few people who need that for their internet shopping who will say, oh, I got another package delivered after I, <laughs> yeah, after I went a bit like, hard last night. Absolutely. Um, France has passed a law that requires social media platforms to verify the ages of their users mm. and get parent parental whoa, whoa, whoa. consent so, for children under 15. I do that all the time. You just press, I am over 18. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Who, who fails that? Like you, the kid has to be so young that they're like, oh no, I couldn't lie to this website. I, just imagine like, a castle, a fortified castle back in the day with a drawbridge. You walk up to it. It's like, who goes there? Are you part of us? Yes, I am. Right this way, sir. <laughs> right this way. Come on in. They go, whoa, 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 whoa. Show me which, where's the motorbike in these pictures? <laughs> a little board out the front. All right. Well, it's it's obviously just an early, early stages idea, but um, we'll keep working on it and let you know. Until then, stay out of the comment section unless you've got something nice or constructive to say. Well, Alex Dyson, they say, ask and you shall receive. Occasionally. And uh, that's what we did. And now I'm actually regretting it. <laughs> I'm seriously hey, regretting it. Well, I mean, we, uh, we were having a conversation last week and um, a little impromptu talk back topic popped into our minds. Did we do what's your snack? What's your snack? Like what we should be doing talk breaks. What do you what do you eat that you shouldn't? Mm. It happens. It happens every now and again. It's uh, my life works is thinking of how could this be talk back. Yeah. Someone tells but me then, a story and I'm so sorry if you have to hang out with me socially. But I tell a story and it's like I immediately think of what's the talk back topic for that. I know I get the phone out in front of them. 
start <laughs> writing it down. Bell, 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 Belinda these days will immediately say, oh, you're not. And I'm like, yeah, there's something in that. <laughs> Screenshotting images from the internet so I can post it in our stories. I mean, it's a sickness, Daiso. Mm. It's a sickness. It is. But also, I would argue that some of you people are rather sick yourself. <laughs> okay. With what is going on? I mean, I don't want to judge anyone's like, you know, things. You don't want to yuck anyone's yum. <laughs> no, but we did ask, what do you eat that you shouldn't? I mean, yes, there were a lot of people who were like, ass, ha ha ha. <laughs> um, I see you, Kurt. <laughs> um, but um, there are other people who answered it, honestly, and um, I'm surprised. Probably two, honestly. The only dishonesty that... I'm getting from Kurt's message is that he doesn't think he shouldn't. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Holly got in touch with us, said, when I was little, my forbidden snack was tiny live snails plucked from the garden, shell and all. Well, we all know you need a little bit of crunch <laughs> to go. I think I know the snails she's talking about as well. Like the, yeah, the little brown ones, not your big garden snails. That would be rough, shell that and all. That would be pretty But the gross. little ones, they'd be a bit like sort of crispy M&Ms, I would have thought. <laughs> Maybe you're saying it like you've tried it. Well, I've eaten, I've eaten snail in I've, France. I'm loving some escargot, drowning in the garlic butter. Mm, it, che chewy pesto is how I'd describe escargot. If you haven't eaten snails before. Not had the, uh, the snail sashimi though. <laughs> fresh you know, from the oysters vine. Oysters of the garden. <laughs> um, champagne badgie also. Daiso got in touch with us. Um, what did you eat that you shouldn't? Chalk. I don't know why, but I found it delicious as a kid. I don't like that at all. That makes I, my teeth feel gross. Because you know you I can mean, snap a long bit of chalk in half. It's not, it doesn't feel pleasurable to the mouth. It just, it, yeah, it feels like it would be so pasty by the end. When you eat something and you don't like it, you're like, oh, it's a bit chalky. <laughs> Even though we haven't eaten chalk. Powdery. Also, very hard to cover your tracks. You know what I mean? Like... You can't walk in, <laughs> your, your, your teacher comes in after the break and you're just in the classroom like, oh, have you been here all lunch? Yes. White powder around your lips like some clown from the circus. Laura, my friend's date ate the paper patty pan from not one, but two cupcakes. We talked about this. I believe we've, I think, I believe this is a serial thing. I think there um, are people who eat the, yeah, the, the paper, the paper of cupcakes. Someone else said just paper, not even the cupcake paper. Someone just said paper. And Jen got in touch, said frozen veggies, still frozen. So, well, okay. Well, that's interesting because we have, I remember a, a school, they used to sell frozen grapes, I think at the canteen during summer. Really? Yeah. So frozen veggies, I mean, it wouldn't be bad for you, would it? No, nah, that's what I'm thinking. Sophia has a few frozen strawberries straight out of the freezer when I'm making my smoothie mm. every morning. So... You know, what's a carrot to strawberry? Beck is a different bit of a, other things could be a bit paleo. Uh, raw sausage mints. Dude, do you know, we had a number of people. No. A number of people say that they eat raw sausage mints. Wait, they, they peck open the sausage like a vulture and eat the mints from within. <laughs> yeah. I don't like, I thought when I first saw it, I was like, oh, that's pretty funny. The amount of people who said it, I was like. Is it good? This is a thing. It sounds dangerous to do. It depends what type of sausage. Like, because, you know, obviously you get a nice thick sausage that you've seen the butcher kind of churn it out. Right. Then you're like, okay, 
But there are some sausages at from the supermarket where the ingredients literally is 70% meat. <laughs> they don't even, the color of them aren't, is not of any type of animal that could possibly <laughs> exist. Mm. Those raw sausages, no thanks, brov. Mitch says dry pasta, I literally cannot stop and will never stop. Yeah, fair enough. I remember eating like the, the thin spaghetti, but I don't know if I could eat a raw penne. Oh, I used to love the dry noodles, the dry pack of two-minute noodles without the uh, Mammy Moodle snacks. Water. And then everyone would say, you know, your parents would say, don't don't eat them, get dehydrated. But that was my tasty little treat. Uh, Todd no. also got... No, we can't talk to Todd. <laughs> no, we're not going to talk to Todd. But we can we <laughs> read out what he said? No, can we? Yeah, of course we can. No. Yeah, Todd said... No, let's just, let's just say Todd ate a cake. And he tasted it for four days, and let's just move on with the show. We do not need to give anyone else information. I believe where the cake was from is an important. <laughs> oh, all right, squirmy warning here, which I didn't have on my piece of paper, Bronwyn. Todd said, I ate a urinal cake straight out the piss trough one night. <laughs> why? He does not elaborate as to Why? He doesn't it say that. A dare. He didn't. He doesn't say it was a dare or that you know he mistook it for a you Hockey know puck. patty cake or something <laughs> or some. Uh... Yeah, he he says it's straight out of the trough. It's not like <laughs> someone had opened it ready to put in there and it was the a cleaner mis- got a call on the uh, walkie-talkie. Oh, can you come out to these bathrooms? Oh, sorry, I'll just leave this here. Hilarity ensues. No, he has dipped it straight out of the bathroom buffet. A little lemon drizzle cake. Still <laughs> tasted it four days later. Well, thank you, Todd, for that image. Um, wait, what, what is a urinal cake? I don't think I know. <laughs> oh, oh wait, yeah, of course. Of course. So, that was quite genderist of us, wasn't it? Sorry, bro. We were just assuming that everyone would know what a urinal cake was. No, we need to um, let you know exactly how gross this is. Because um, I think I could guess... It is literally probably a five, it, it looks like a hockey puck, yeah. but it is like a white or orange or pink or maybe. pink sort of piece of soap, basically, mm. that they put in there because as urine falls on it, it sort of releases and sort of masks the smell of raw acetone oh. and whatever else is in. Is well, in I mean, human you know, waste. depending depending on who's doing the urinating, um, you know, there's, there's any good reason to aim at it, um, you know, to destroy it in your most manly way that you can, uh, by weeing. So it's a target. It, it, it can, it can act as one. Yes. Um, which is why the decision to eat it <laughs> yeah. is a particularly, cause it's not like it's just sitting above yeah. the toilet to make the place yeah. smell good. It literally sits in the belly of the beast. <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> it is right there. I hope it was a one time thing. <laughs> Jacob, it was just a nibble or down the whole lot? <laughs> I did have a little candle in it that he blew out before uh, <laughs> partaking. Tell you what, number two would smell good. Hmm? Hey? The number two on when, on its way oh. out smell very good. <laughs> You'd have to wonder, would it clean the toilet? 
It's like a self-sourcing pud, but it's a uh, self-cleaning poop. This is a podcast, <laughs> the name of which I'm too embarrassed to say. Let's move on. <laughs> Well, now on All Day Breakfast, it is time to welcome a political satirist, an award-winning podcast host, and someone who, like us, decided to leave the ABC at one point in their lives, more recently than us, but it's the incredible Josh Zepps. G'day, Josh. G'day, Matt. G'day, Alex. How are you? Well, very excited for you to be joining us today, Josh, uh, especially with news coming out that, uh, you know, your Uncomfortable Conversation podcast is going to be going live. Uh, you're going to be doing videos plus a live tour in 2024, you've got lots of, I mean, you're brushing shoulders with some seriously heavy hitters. What are you most looking forward to about this new, uh, the new podcast? Mate, stick with me, kid. <laughs> I hate it when people say, I've been so honoured to like all of this, because it's a way of humble bragging. You know, it's like, I'm so honoured to have achieved all of these amazing things that I've achieved in my life. Uh, but it is true that like in the couple of years that we've been doing the podcast, while I've also had a full-time job as an ABC radio presenter, we've had... Tim Flannery and Tim Minchin and Malcolm Turnbull and Richard Dawkins and Eddie Izzard and Courtney Act and all these great people breaking bread with me to try to have, uh, should we say, bullshit-free conversations, conversations <laughs> that perhaps lack the artifice and the and the uh, the respect for tripwires and treading on eggshells that I that one has to have in the conventional media. So the idea of now doing that as my full-time thing and expanding, as you say, into live events where we can sell out big venues around Australia and invite international guests to have uncomfortable conversations live and then expand our output on YouTube as well and have the little algorithm monkeys uh, direct more unsuspecting eyeballs our way is like super, super exciting. I'm, I'm stoked. I'm pumped. That's great. And I guess, you know, being able to do that, the treading on eggshells, never a good thing. Is there a time where you stomped on an eggshell and people like, Damn it, that's a flat egg now, man. <laughs> <laughs> when do I not, Alex? When do I not? Uh, this is a, it, I call it a Tuesday in the Zepp's household, <laughs> treading on, on uh, bomb eggshells. I mean, I don't know. There are like time. There, it's fun, it's hard to predict what's going to explode and what's not going to explode. You know, sometimes I, I do a, 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 an episode of Uncomfortable Conversations that I think is going to antagonize a whole bunch of people, and I, I get nothing but a wave of appreciation for the fact that I'm talking about things in a way that is hopefully sane. And, and I think increasingly people understand we all have this sort of instinctive just smell sense that it's getting harder to bust out of your own echo chamber or to talk in a truly bullshit-free way about things. Like I was having a conversation the other day with a friend of mine who had been accused of racism in the workplace. She's a, a middle-aged middle manager at a large organisation and uh, she was uh, she was on one of these Zoom meetings with a bunch of other white middle aged middle managers, and uh, someone was doing the welcome to country at the start of the uh, of the show. You know, we acknowledge the traditional owners of the Gadigal people, and the you know we recognise and respect the elders, past, present, and future. And afterwards, she was in a one on one with one of the with the person who was leading this Zoom, and she was like, "I mean, if we're all white." and, like, there's no First Nations people here, then do we need to do it every time and are we doing it 
because it's actually necessary for reconciliation or are we doing it as a way of signaling to each other that we're members of a group that where our hearts are in the right place and that we're on the wrong, right side of history? And, you know, there was a complaint lodged against her for questioning the orthodoxy. Mm. I, I feel like whether it's whether it's reconciliation or the, the referendum or climate change or Israel and Gaza or transgender athletes or the gender pay gap and the Me Too movement or any of these issues where you know that the moment someone starts talking about them, everybody's bums just pucker up a little bit and we, we can see the contours of what the acceptable conversation is depending on who our peers are, who our interlocutors are. And we know that to transgress certain things would be to trigger tripwires that will get us into at least conversational and cultural tr trouble, if not actual trouble with HR or with, you know, some hordes piling onto you on, on social media. There's, you know, we have, this, we have this sense that something is sort of broken about the way that we're holding conversations about the most important things that, that challenge us. And I think that, I honestly think that, like, there's a kind of a civilizational uh, stakes here. Like the, the, it's unlikely that we're going to get through the 21st century with all of the challenges that this is going to throw at us from climate chaos to artificial intelligence to whatever else it might be. If we can't bust out of this treading on eggshells nonsense mm. and start talking to each other from the heart with the greatest possible empathy towards our opponents, rather than speaking in ways that we know that our, our peers and colleagues are going to appreciate and that sort of throw our opponents under the bus. So then what, what's been the most uncomfortable conversation that you've actually had? Because it doesn't sound like that you necessarily get challenged too much in your position of thinking, which seems to be a very, well, hey, I'm not taking either side and I, and I just look at everything purely by logic and facts. But surely you must enter into debates which make you extremely uncomfortable at times. Yeah, I mean, I don't think I, don't, I should clarify that I'm not a I'm not a person who just thinks that the middle ground between any two opinions is the one that I should take. I'm I'm not like a milk toast centrist who is just wishy washy on things. I have very strong opinions about things. I'm what I would call a radical centrist. I mean, if half of Australia were neo Nazis and the rest weren't, I wouldn't be like, well, I need to be the balance between the neo Nazis <laughs> and the rest of the people. I would be, I would be vehemently anti Nazi. I don't care who 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 knows. It, Matt, I'm going to come out and be anti-Nazi. That's just how courageous I am. Um, so some of the conversations, I mean, you're right to point out that some, not all the conversations are uncomfortable. So there are kind of two, I think of, of uncomfortable conversations as having two types of conversation uh, within it in the kind of of. One is the conversation where I'm speaking with someone who broadly agrees with me about a topic that is uncomfortable for people to talk about, right? So there's not discomfort in the conversation itself. It's that we're trying to model having a conversation about something where we both see that the conversation is broken the way that it's taking place outside of this episode. And so the conversation might be quite chummy and it might be quite quite comfortable, actually, but we, we feel like we're broaching something that if you broached it at a Christmas party or a Barbie you know, everyone would not quite know what to say or would know exactly what to say <laughs> just as long as they stuck to the to the script. And then there's another type of episode where I actually do have a genuinely uncomfortable conversation. I mean, one that springs to mind was with a non-binary trans activist in America, Diana E. Anderson, and she really believes that there's just no difference whatsoever between men and women biologically. It's, it's, a, it's basically arbitrary when doctors uh, ascribe male or female at birth to a baby and there's no biological uh, difference, not just uh, psychologically and emotionally, but basically physically as well between males and, and females. 
And that got to places which were a bit uncomfortable. I mean, my interview with Courtney Act also with Shane Jenick uh, was, I mean, we're friends and we tease each other about each other's <laughs> extremes uh, and the ways in which we disagree with each other. And that that got uncomfortable. I mean, there are there there's good uncomfortable and there's bad uncomfortable. I mean, I think, I think good uncomfortable is when you have an interlocutor with whom you're genuinely disagreeing and trying to tease apart uh, what that disagreement is in a way that is respectful but that doesn't pander to them or, or their preconceptions. And then there's another type of uncomfortable conversation that pops up occasionally, which is just a conversation with someone who is r- so rigid and dogmatic that you can't get past the artifice. I mean, I remember interviewing Susan Sarandon uh, and having just a, a, a terrible <laughs> uh, meat grinder of an episode where I was uh, I was speaking to... To her and like it was just I was it was like I was talking to a bunch of preset scripts that were being spat out by a machine that wasn't actually listening to what I was saying or trying to wrestle with ideas in a way that got her hands dirty in in any way. Um, so sometimes comfortable, sometimes uncomfortable. Always trying to broach subjects in a way that's yeah free from bullshit. Mm, I don't <laughs> disagree with anything really that you're saying when it comes to. Um, the left being intolerant of a lot of people. I don't disagree with so much of that. Is that the thing being self-aware about that and analyzing that? Does that allow so much room for other people who truly are bad people in a lot of cases to go and, you know, the Donald Trump's of the world to go and do whatever they please because we're all here sitting around talking about these sort of things. (laughs) Are you, say, are you saying is there, is there a risk that by talking about how, like, woke people are going crazy and being too censorious, that, it, that by focusing on that you actually distract attention from the real problems, which might be, like, I don't know, people on the far right abusing the spectre of the left gone crazy? The Nazis, which we've all been brave enough to say we hate. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, absolutely. I mean, there is a, there's a risk that I'm constantly mindful of, of what I would call audience capture, where I could make an absolute fortune in a heartbeat on YouTube uh, by banging on constantly about how, uh, you know, crazy, some crazy lefty on a university campus wrote something uh, really, really anti-Israel, which was uh, obnoxious and diverged on anti-Semitism, or, uh, you know, about some professor who, you know, got uh, censured for, uh, I don't know, saying the N-word during a, a lecture when he was talking about Mark Twain or something like that. You can always, so there's this whole industry, there's this Piers Morgan industry of cherry-picking outrages on the left in order to throw red meat to the right. Um, I, yeah, I am mindful of, of that, and I'm mindful of not doing that, and I'm, I'm mindful of, of, I mean, to Matt's point, of modelling conversations in a way that is not just a mutual masturbation session between me and the guests saying, saying, look look at how fabulous we are, that we can throw all of these other people under the bus for not having conversations as enlightened as ours. I mean, my desire is really just that through the having of the conversation and through the ignoring of tripwires and rules of conduct that people regard as being immutable, that you can show people that there is a greater capacity for us all to articulate ourselves however we want to, for us all to find our own way in the world, for us all to be individuals. Like, I mean, part of it is just how siloed social media has made us, that that so much of what we consume is tailored to either reconfirm what we already believe or demonise what we don't believe. Or so give you this exact warped. opposite with no no nuance <laughs> so you, you're never going to make yeah. that leap across but it'll just get you angry. 
Well, I mean, it's it's interesting that you know, there's a set of policy positions or of like global beliefs that if you tell me one of them, I can predict another, even though they have nothing to do with each other, because it probably pegs you as the type of person who thinks about things within a certain box. So if you tell me what you think about corporate tax rates, I can predict with some certainty what you think about climate change. That's bonkers. That's crazy, right? The two have nothing to do with each other, but we have this constellation of different issues that are that are collected under this under either the left or the right prism and you know, we kind of align along them all and I'm just trying to have conversations that are, I suppose, heterodox enough to show people that you don't have to do that, that you are allowed to follow your inquisitiveness wherever it takes you, even if it's going to rub some people the wrong way. It's such a weird line, isn't it? Left and right. It's just, it doesn't necessarily mean anything when you meet people in person and you just say good morning to them. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. feels like there should be a little bit more of like, what's one of those, like, like 20 different lines that intersect in all different angles, you know, instead of just left yes. or right. Yes, exactly. The That's full right. the full circular spectrum. Well, look, hey, Josh, I mean, you are having uncomfortable conversations and you're very good at it. And that's why we're excited about uncomfortable conversations being live in 2024, but also um, expanding into a video world as well. It's really, really uh, exciting. And we wish you all the best with it. Uh, Josh, thank you very much for joining us at All Day Breakfast today. Thank you, Alex. Thanks, Matt. And thank you for listening to All Day Breakfast today. Really appreciate you hanging out with us once again. Good news is we've got a sweet little episode for you tomorrow as well. Yeah, back here, same time, same place. We'll catch you then. Bye-bye. Christmas is my favourite time of